Hello there, everyone. Welcome to Walking with God in the Storm. This is a weekly podcast, and I'm your host, Dwayne Harold. I would first like to thank the kind people at Stowtown Records for allowing me to use the intro song, which is titled After the Storm, and it is sung by the Irwins. This song can be streamed and downloaded at all digital outlets. If you would like to hear more of their great songs, I will have a link in this podcast that will take you to their project called Watch and See. On this first episode of Walking with God in the Storm, I thought that I would take this time to just kind of introduce myself to everyone and go into depth of why I felt led to start this podcast. I've had both uh, personal uh, loss of family members and also have had and still currently have uh, some health issues. In this first episode, I will be talking about the losses that I have experienced. In the second podcast episode, I'll be talking about my health issues. And these two podcast episodes are not to gain any type of sympathy, as I do not feel sorry for myself, but strictly to let people know that they're not alone in what they are going through or maybe have gone through in this life, and that they can survive the storm that life does bring sometimes. I was born and raised in Monroe, Louisiana. I was raised up going to the First United Pentecostal Church in West Monroe, Louisiana. My first pastor was Brother E.W. Carn, who was Brother T.F. Tenney's father-in-law. I was 13 years old when uh, Brother Carn retired due to some personal health reasons, and Brother Fred J. Foster uh, was elected as our new pastor. Both of these men were great men of God who lived what they taught and preached. They both instilled in me a love for God and for God's holiness. Though both these men have uh, left this life and they're waiting for the trumpet to sound, I am eternally grateful for their teachings. At the age of 15, I was at the Louisiana District United Pentecostal Church camp meeting where the Lord filled me with uh, the Holy Ghost. When I was 18 years old, God called me into the ministry, and at 19, I preached my first message, which was in my local church. Brother Foster had asked six of us uh, young ministers to preach a back-to-school revival at our church, which we did, and I've been preaching ever since that time. In 1980, uh, Brother Karn made arrangements with his oldest daughter, Sister Agnes Rich, for me to go to Grand Island, Nebraska, where she pastored a UPC church there. I would be working with the young people in the church, so the last part of May of 1980, I headed to Grand Island, Nebraska. While I was in Grand Island that summer, many wonderful things occurred in my life. The best thing was I met and fell in love with Laura Lynn Hauser. We we were married on December 19, 1980, and after we married, we moved back to Monroe, where I was born and raised, as I said, and the next 25 years or so were basically as normal as could be expected. The latter part of October of 2006, my mother started hurting in her abdomen. When she went to the hospital, they discovered that her hiatal hernia had pulled up into the part of her stomach. They had to do emergency surgery and had to unfortunately remove close to a third of her stomach at that time. However, with mom being 80 years old, she had many complications and never really regained her strength. 
Mom spent the next six months after her surgery in a rehab nursing home trying to get strength where she could hopefully come back home. She was able to come home only once during that six months, which was for Christmas and for only about two hours at that time. In the latter part of March of 07, Mom was hospitalized as her health had gotten much worse. She spent several days in the hospital, just a regular room, and after that time she was transferred to the ICU because unfortunately she was just getting worse. My father, my brother, and my wife and myself had been spending as much time naturally as possible the last few days at the hospital with mom. My brother's wife could not come as she herself was on hospice at this time as she was terminal with cancer. The night of March 29th, uh, my dad, brother, and myself had talked about it and agreed for dad who was having some health issues himself to go home and try to get some rest that night. Uh, I would stay at the hospital with mom uh, there in the waiting room should anything happen. So dad and my brother went home so dad could get some rest. A few hours later on March the 30th around 1 a.m., a nurse came to me and, and said that mom would not last much longer and if I wanted to, they would let me go into the unit to be with her when she passed away. I immediately called my brother, woke him up, and told him what was going on. So he and Dad came as quickly as they could. And unfortunately, they did not make it in time before Mom passed away. On March the 30th, 2007, at the age of 81, Mom went to be with the Lord. While I was in the unit with Mom, I, I remember thinking to myself about so many good times that we had had as I was growing up and even after I had married. Thinking about places that we had all gone to and things we had all seen and done. And even though Mom was non-responsive at this point, uh, not, I don't believe she, maybe, maybe she did, maybe she didn't hear me, I don't know, but I just wanted to tell her that I was thankful for all that she had done for me throughout the years and for being my mother. I remember even today while thinking and planning for this podcast, the, the feeling of my tears running down my, my cheeks that night. Holding her hand, I, I told her that it was okay for her to go to be with the Lord where she wouldn't suffer anymore, wouldn't have any more pain. I told her that we would be okay if, if she wanted to go home to be with the Lord. And I just let her know that we would see her again in the near future. And, and we'd all be together once again forever and ever with God. It's now been almost 16 years that she's passed away. And once in a while I still catch myself thinking that I need to call her and tell her about and then it dawns on me and hits me that I can't ever call her and talk with her again and I can imagine what I'm now about to say may or will sound crazy or unbelievable to some or if not everybody but however it is the truth a couple or so days after mom had passed away I was 
driving down the road from where I live to go into town for something, I, I don't know what, and I was on Desert Street in Monroe and had just passed the Louisiana Baptist Children's Home and was in front of the Apostolics of Monroe Church. And I can remember plainly uh, to this day how the Lord spoke to me as I was in front of the church. It was not an audible voice. Nobody was in the vehicle with me. It was just me. But I heard this voice in my head. And God said only five words to me, but those five words and the aftermath changed my life forever. All he said was, you will soon be alone. And to my recollection and to my knowledge, I, I wasn't even praying or talking with the Lord when he told me that. I was just simply driving down the road. When God said those words, I was in total shock. Uh, my question to him was also in five words. Does that include my wife? His answer in return to me was silence. So I knew then and there that it did include my wife. To this day, I do not understand why the Lord would warn me or even want to warn me or for what purpose. He would want to let me know that the family would not be around much longer. I mean, how do you tell your family that they don't have a lot of time left in this world according to what God told me? You don't, and you can't. I did confide to my best friend what God had said to me, but I'm not sure he believed me. And to be honest, I'm not sure I would either had the roles been reversed, had he told me what I had told him. I simply had to live with this knowledge to myself of what the future was holding for me and for the family. Even when you have a family member that you know will pass away, unless God undertakes, even if you... Know that you have weeks or months or maybe even a few years before they pass away. You can never, ever be fully prepared for when they take their last breath. Even with the knowledge of what was to come as far as the passing of each one of my family members, I was still not prepared for each loss. Sitting here right now talking to you, telling you about what happened and, and, and what to say in this podcast. Maybe that is part of the reason why God did give me warning about my future losses. Maybe it was because of the fact that he knew that one day I would start this podcast. Maybe it was for me to let each one of you that is listening to know to cherish each moment that you do have with each family member. Even if you've had an argument and you're on the outs with your family, please make up as we need each other, especially our family. We never know what the future holds for any of us. We never know what is literally just up the road or around the next bend or the next curve. 
None of us are promised the next second that will come. For some of us, yet that same second will never come for others. We may not have another moment to enjoy being around with or, or, or talking with our family or close friends. All that we will have in the end will be our memories. And what will they be? As I previously mentioned, my sister-in-law Anita was unable to go up to the hospital to see my mother due to her being on hospice with cancer. Several years prior, she had been diagnosed with cancer while she and my brother Terry lived outside of Atlanta, Georgia. While there, she went through treatments for about a year, and after that year was up, was told that she was in remission. And then after several tests and several months later, they were advised that she was cancer-free. The latter part of 2005, Terry and Anita moved back to Monroe. They had plans, and their plans were to live with our parents for about a year, saving up money to build a house behind where Terry and I had been raised. Approximately a year after moving home, Terry and Anita were advised that her cancer had come back even worse than the first time. Anita went through radiation and chemotherapy trying to fight the cancer off again as she was a fighter, but unfortunately she passed away on May 20th, 2007, a little over seven weeks after my mother had passed away. And here I am now after seeing and losing my own mother and now my sister-in-law. I, uh, I was watching my father suffering due to mom's recent passing away, and now a short few weeks later, he's lost her daughter-in-law, whom he loved as a daughter. I'm also seeing my brother mourning for the loss of our mother, and now his wife. As I'm seeing them both in mental and emotional pain, I'm wishing that I could say something to ease their pain, but there just aren't any words that I could say to make their pain go away. At this point, only someone who has experienced the same sorrow and grief that they were going through could truly understand just what they were thinking, feeling, and going through. I had only lost my mother and sister-in-law, which was hard enough, but now Dad has lost his wife and a daughter-in-law, and my brother had lost his wife and his mother. Mere words can't take away what they were experiencing. All I could do was to pray for them and to be there for them. I'm also hurting for the loss of mom and, and Anita that are no longer with us, but I'm also hurting watching how much pain my father and brother are in. And I, I could see the pain and loss in their eyes on their faces. I knew that God and God alone could ease their pain and to comfort them, but even God can't take away all of the pain that we as humans all suffer when we lose a loved one. But we can lean on the Lord and he will be there for us to comfort us. On Thursday, May the 24th, 2012, I had followed my brother to take his vehicle to a mechanic shop. 
On the way home, we got to talking about this world and how bad it is. We talked about how the devil, the Satan, and the world was trying to cram things down the Christian's throat and how we both wanted to go home to where we have never been before. We wanted to see Jesus and, and to be with him for eternity. After we arrived home, Terry stayed in my car for uh, about 30 minutes, just talking about different things. And some of the things we were talking about, again, was being ready to meet the Lord, wanting to go home to be with God and for God to come for his bride. After he got out of the car, he went inside the house to go to work as he worked from home. I left and went to the church that I was attending at the time to help the pastor load up a rental truck as they were moving. Around three hours later, my father called me. He was very shaken and, and sounded frantic on the phone as he stated that he could not wake my brother up for lunch. He asked me to come home as quickly as possible. And when he said that, I knew then and there that my brother had passed away. On my way home, all I could really think about was that I wished I had been home as I lived next door to them. I could have been there sooner for my father. I couldn't help but thinking that he had been all alone in that house when he went to Terry's office to let him know lunch was ready and not being able to rouse my brother. It looked like Terry was sound asleep in his chair. Here is my father, 85 years old, having lost his wife just five years earlier, his daughter-in-law almost five years to the day that Terry passed away. Now he was all alone in that house till someone could arrive to be with him. When I arrived about 15 minutes after Dad's call, the sheriff's office for which I was working for had already arrived along with the fire department and a minister from Dad and Terry's church. Dad was so frantic that he kept saying over and over that he, he just couldn't wake Terry up. He didn't know what was wrong. And I knew by everything going on, looking at my brother, that my only sibling had passed away. And my heart hurt, but not so much because I had lost my brother. But for dead, as I could see the helplessness in his eyes and, and on his face. And tears again were coming down my face. Not just because I too had lost another family member, but because my father has now lost his wife, daughter-in-law, and now his oldest son. Here but just a few short hours prior, Terry and I had been talking about and yearning so much to go to heaven, to be with Mom and Anita, and God had heard his heart's desire, granting his request. Terry missed Mom, but also Anita so much the last five years. I wish to this day that I had been there for both dead and Terry more than I had been, but I did not fully understand at that point in time exactly what they were going through until we ourselves experienced the same pain as another person. 
we can never fully relate to what that person is going through. Besides the Lord, Anita was everything to Terry. The Lord took Terry home five years and four days after his wife had passed away. At the wake, my father had told someone that a parent never expects to bury a child, but expects the child to bury them. Now it was just my father, I, and my wife. My brother and I were very close as we had similar things in common. would talk about God and the church and music and just different things. I wish I could talk to him again. Sometimes I'll come across a song or, or, or maybe a, a scripture and I want to get his thoughts on the scripture, but that is never to be again. My father's health had been going down the last five or so years after mom had passed away. and he, However, he was just never a quitter and, and did everything possible to stay busy, to stay active as he could. He had always been an outside person and never really wanted to be stuck inside a house. In his last few years, I, I started to kind of feel bad for the grass in the yard as he would mow it two or three times a week just so he could be outside. He had to be doing something. The last couple of years that Dad was alive, he had started to retain fluid pretty bad. He had been prescribed heavy doses of fluid pills to try and get the fluid off of him, but unfortunately, it uh, didn't really work. But at least, even though he had lost mom and, and Anita, Terry had remained in the house, and, and he was able to help take care of Dad. Now, unfortunately, Dad would be living in the house by himself with no one to help him throughout the day or night should he need immediate assistance with anything. As my wife and I lived next door to Dad, the the first couple of weeks or so after Terry passed away, I was staying with Dad at night, just in case he needed anything or, or something, or something happened to him. And my wife, who was not working at this time, was, she was able to check on him off and on throughout the day. Laura and I had talked it over and had decided to move in with Dad if he was agreeable to it, which he was. However, Dad was steadily going down with his health. He had to go into the hospital a couple of times for between two and four days each time due to the fluid buildup in his lungs and in his heart. Around the 3rd of October of 2012, my father had to be hospitalized due to all the fluid buildup causing him to go into congestive heart failure. The last two weeks that he was in the hospital, Dad had dialysis three times each week to try and pull the fluid out of his body. However, each day after the dialysis, the fluid had come back and even more so. Dialysis, along with the fluid pills, was simply not working. After the second week of dialysis, Dad made the decision to stop having dialysis as it was causing him to just be drained with no energy 
after each session. It was so tired of struggling to breathe, to try to catch his breath. It was tired, he was missing mom, Anita, and, and now Terry, that he made the decision, no more medical intervention. He was ready to go be with the Lord and family. This was on October the 16th. As I was his power of attorney and, and not wanting to watch my father suffer anymore, trying to get a breath, I had to agree with his decision. I didn't want to lose my father, but I, I, I didn't want to watch him struggling to breathe and to get air into his lungs. We talked it over with his primary hospital doctor late that afternoon, and the doctor said that they had done all that they could to to get rid of the fluid, and it was just simply not working. He stated that he would write up the orders to stop the dialysis and all medication except to, enough to keep Dad comfortable, which would take effect the next day. My wife, Laura, left the hospital around 11 that night to go home and to get some rest. I stayed the night in the hospital in the room with my father, and in case he needed anything, as he was not in a unit, ICU, or anything. And around 2 a.m. on the 17th, I, I noticed that his breathing was getting shallower and, and fewer breaths per minute. I called the nurse's station, and a, a nurse came and checked Dad over, and she confirmed that it would not be much longer that he would be with us. So I called my wife to let her know that uh, if she wanted to see Dad, she would need to come quickly. Even though Dad was unresponsive, I did him like I did Mom. I, I told him that I loved him, and I, I thanked him for all he and Mom had done for Terry and me. I let him know that it was okay to go to let go of this world and, and to go be with the Lord and Mom and Anita and Terry. I told him that Laura and I would be okay as I held his hand. He drew his last breath into a part of this present world on October 17, 2012. Now, just my wife and I that were left. July the 28th, 2015. I went outside to mow the yard, and as I was getting ready to mow the yard, I, I remember Laura saying several times in the past that she would like to learn how to operate the zero-turn lawnmower that we had. So I went inside to see if she still wanted to learn, and she said that she did. So we went out back outside. It was around 10 a.m. and already very hot. After I showed her how to operate the mower, I, I let her move it forward slowly as I was picking up limbs and trash and placing them into the grass catcher. After about 30 minutes or so, she turned the mower off and said she needed to go inside as her chest was hurting her. After she went inside, about 30 minutes later, I called her to see how she was feeling. And she said that she needed to go to the hospital as the pain in her heart was getting worse. I went inside to get changed and uh, saw her on the phone uh, talking to a pastor's wife sitting on the side of the bed. And she said, let's, let's just wait a few minutes. The pain seems to be subsiding. 
after about a minute or two, she said, no, it was getting worse again, and she needed to go on to the hospital. I told her I would get me a quick shower just long enough to wash the dirt off me. As I'm walking into the bathroom, she gets off her side of the bed and starts walking toward the closet, which was on my side of the bed, and I assumed to get a, a more comfortable dress to, to wear to the hospital. When I came out about three or four minutes later, she was on the floor on her back. It appeared that she had laid a dress on my side of the bed and then just simply fell straight backwards onto her back. I looked at her eyes, which were still open, and, and realized that she had passed away. I had at this point in my life as a deputy sheriff seen quite a few deceased people, and, and I knew immediately that she was gone. I called 911, and while on the phone with them, I, I started CPR until the fire department arrived, and they took over performing CPR at that point. When the ambulance personnel arrived, they continued the CPR and transported Laura to the closest hospital, ER. However, after about 30 minutes, the ER doctor came out and advised me that she was no longer with us. A short time later, they allowed me to go into the room with her. As tears were streaming down my face, I looked at my sweet wife laying there, lifeless, and told her how much I loved her and that I would miss her dearly. I knew that she was in a much better place, though, and was just simply waiting for that heavenly trumpet to sound to call us all away. What God had said to me eight and a half years earlier has now come to pass. Now, after my wife's passing, I was truly all alone as far as immediate family was concerned. Laura was my last love that had passed away. I have lots of cousins, but as much as I love my cousins and they love me, it was not the same type of love as parents or siblings or my wife's love. My brother and his wife didn't have any children, and Laura and I didn't have any children. A preacher friend asked me a few days after Laura had passed away how I was keeping it all together. He did not understand how I was handling all of my family's passing away in a relatively short time span and, and not going nuts or, or crazy with such loss. And I, and I guess... He just did not think about the scripture, John 14, 18, that says, I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. And I know that God was with me with the passing of each family member. I did have a certain amount of hurting and emptiness in my heart because all my family were now gone. And when I talk about it sometimes or think about it, I still miss them so bad and there's still a loneliness for them and, a, and an emptiness but but it was God's presence and, and his peace that I felt within me that saw me through everything up to this point in time and to be honest maybe it was because of the warning that God had given me when mom passed away sure I had questioned God as to why all of this had occurred to me who wouldn't? But I never blamed God for my family's passing away. 
I believe that God is okay when, when we have questions and we ask why. I mean, we are human, so we will always have questions that we ask God. There will be times when things happen, storms come to us, and, and we just simply don't understand why things happen to us or, or to a loved one or to a close friend. So I believe God is okay with us asking him the question of why. But when we don't understand life's storms that seem to always be around us sometimes and, and that we can't seem to get a break from, we should never blame God for what is occurring. The way I look at it, at this life is simply this way. Life simply happens. We have no control on what the future holds for us or for anyone. Matthew 5 and 45 says, That ye may be the children of your Father which is in heaven, for he maketh his Son to rise on the evil and on the good, and sendeth rain on the just and on the unjust. In other words, good things happen to really bad people. And sometimes really bad things happen to really good people. I don't understand why God allowed my family to leave this world as he did, but for whatever his reason was, he was with me each step of the way. And I, I know they're in a much better place now. He never left my side, and, and his hand of comfort was, was with me through each of the storms that I went through. And I hope that whoever is out there listening to this podcast that has maybe recently lost a loved one will know that God does love you and wants to wrap his arms of love and mercy around you. Though you may have lost hope with your loss, God can restore hope to you if you will just let him. Hope will not be restored immediately but it will come back. I preach a message called, When Your Hope Dies, What's Left? It is our faith in God. When it seems there is no hope left within us, when it seems all hope has died, that he restores our hope. We're all given a degree of faith. It is what we do with that faith that matters. Will we allow God to increase and grow that faith? If so, he will restore our hope. And it's my desire and prayer that I, I might have been able to give some hope, some encouragement talking about my own personal losses to someone out there that has also lost a loved one, whether recently or years ago. To let you know that God will see you through this storm. Just keep your hand in his hand and he will guide you through the storm to calmer water. And I hope that you will tune in and, and listen every week to this podcast, Walking with God in the Storm. And may the good Lord keep his hand of protection and encouragement upon each and every one of you. May the Lord bless you and see you next time. After the storm.